Pat, we were talking about Jace Medical yesterday, and you had not heard of them. Um, I, I think this is I think this is an amazing thing. This is the uh, Jace Medical are the ones that are um, providing um, antibiotics, so you can have a storehouse of antibiotics, mm. at least five different right. antibiotics, which would come in handy. Oh yeah, especially with China. You know, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't yeah. seem to be liking us so much. Look, here's the thing. Um, if we have shortages of any kind, like medicine, do you have antibiotics? I mean, sure, the 1700s were fun, but... Uh, <laughs> Weren't they? <laughs> they don't. Uh, I'd like to be able to control some infections. Go to Jace Medical, J-A-S-E Medical.com. Enter the promo code back at checkout discount on your order of a Jace case. That'll give you five different antibiotics that you can have on hand. It's promo code back at J-A-S-E Medical.com. JaceMedical.com America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Uh, we've got an update from uh, uh, from yesterday that uh, yeah, not really a, a fun one, but I can guarantee you this will be the only place that you hear about it, at least in mainstream. It's very important that you understand this, and I'm kind of on the edge of understanding it, but we have experts on today, and I'm doing a special on this tomorrow at 9 p.m. You don't want to miss. We begin in 60 seconds. Molly lives in Idaho. She writes in about her dog's experience. She said, I wanted to let you know how much I appreciate uh, Rough Greens, Glenn. Our dog, Darby, a very large 11-year-old German Shepherd, is doing much better since he's. Uh, we've been supplementing uh, her diet with Rough Greens. Her skin issues have cleared up. She's perkier, less lethargic. Uh, she's also on joint supplements. But her joints actually seem to bother bother her a lot less ever since she started taking rough greens. Um, I, I got to tell you, Molly, I have a German Shepherd too, and the the hardest thing to watch is when their joints uh, start to go, and they always have hip problems. It is so hard to watch them struggle, and I have found the same thing by putting rough greens on his uh, dry uh, kibble food. I have seen a difference in uh, the way he walks, and he doesn't seem to have the hip pain that he was just beginning to struggle with. Rough Greens is uh, confident your dog's going to love it. They want to give you the first bag free. It's a trial bag. You just uh, feed it to your dog. If your dog loves it, you'll get the next bag and you will see the differences over the coming months. So all you pay for is shipping for the first bag. Just go to Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash back or call 833-G-L-E-N-N-33. Roughgreens.com slash back. 833-GLEN-33. Okay, so, you know, I've been doing some thinking here. 
Now, I'm not an economist, but I am a thinker. And uh, if the problem was Silicon Valley with Silicon Valley Bank, the problem was what? They bought treasuries and they held treasuries and the treasuries are becoming worth less and less if you had them. Now, the first thing I thought of was, gee, if that's the case, when everybody panics, where do they put their money? Where is the safest place to put your money? In treasuries. The entire world runs to treasuries, U.S. treasuries. Our debt is all in U.S. treasuries. So if, you're, if you bought a 10 or 20 or 30-year treasury, uh, you know, in the last, I don't know, 10 years, and you have time on it and you need to sell it, you're going to lose money right now, today, 25%. So it's not really a safe bet now, is it? And if that was the problem with Silicon National Bank, how many of our banks are holding those 10-year treasuries? Who else is holding them? Because if there's any strain on the financial system, then they're going to have to start selling those treasuries. Who is going to buy them? I, I want to, there's a website uh, called Seeking Alpha, uh, seekingalpha.com, and it is deep, deep Fed and, and uh, monetary stuff. Um, and I want to give you just a, the highlights of an article, Fed update, the losses keep rolling in. Last week, there was a press release from the Fed for their results of 2022. Listen to this. The Federal Reserve Act requires reserve banks to remit excess earnings to the U.S. Treasury. So here's what happens. After they pay for their operating cost and the payments of dividends and everything else, anything that is a surplus, and I didn't know this, anything that was a surplus for the Fed goes to the U.S. Treasury. Now, when they don't have uh, any profit, they, they have a deferred asset and recorded. Basically, it's the amount of net earnings the reserve banks will need to realize before they start paying. So they just go, uh, we were short this amount, so we have to make up this amount before we start paying the treasury again. Okay? It wasn't said in the press release, um, but the deferred asset is an accounting gimmick which allows the Fed to hide their operating losses on their balance sheet as a negative liability. Nowhere in the statement do they mention operating losses, but operating losses they do have. For the first time since the beginning of the Fed, 107 years, the Federal Reserve just recorded an operating loss in the fourth quarter. A three-month period, the Fed lost $15 billion, okay? Now, remember, 
This is the bank of last resort. The Federal Reserve is the world's, pretty much the world's bank. Because we're the ones directing pretty much all of the Western central banks. We're the ones spreading our wealth out. We're the ones rescuing everybody else. And the Fed is the one that is selling the treasuries. They're selling the bonds. So if I'm a sovereign fund, I've bought all that debt and I have a a treasury bond. Okay, when the bonds go bad, like they just did, who picks up the bill? The Federal Reserve. Okay, so they uh, they for the first time are losing money, which means that we aren't getting the money. And I'll get back to that. This past year, when inflation spiked to a 40 year high, the Fed did what their mandate requires them to do to raise interest rates to combat inflation. The Fed rate uh, Fed raised rates seven times. This is the fastest rate hike in history. Totally predictable, the article uh, at Seeking Alpha says the rise in short rates due to the Fed tightening created a negative net interest margin with eight point five trillion dollars on their books. Eight point five trillion dollars that we know of. They have eight point five trillion dollars in fixed rate bonds earning two point zero percent. The cost of the Fed's variable rate liabilities, five point seven trillion in bank reserves, reserve uh, reverse uh, repurchase agreements. Everything began to rise. The break even rate is roughly three percent. Okay. Now the rate is uh, the rate hike is now up to four point five. They're talking about yet another rate hike. The interest margin is negative, and the Fed will continue to book operating losses until the Fed funds rates drop below three percent. Nobody's expecting that to happen. They're not going to bring the Fed rate down below 3%. Now, the net income for the year for the Fed fell to $58.4 billion from $107 billion the year before. That's almost a 50% decline in revenue. And the main reason that their income dropped was the increase in the cost of their variable rate liabilities. This is getting really complex. Let me just let me just say this. If you are watching Blaze TV, can I can you get a shot of this? Maybe you can get a shot of it on my screen here. Um, this is the uh, remittances due to the U.S. Treasury. This is when they make profit, they give money to the U.S. Treasury. Now, this is important because that helps defray our deficit. That goes right directly to our bottom line. So we have even more money that we owe because the Fed is going under. And I want to show you 
how much money they're losing. If you look at the chart, you'll see that they're always just, you know, above the line, giving us some money here and there. Now you see a straight line down. Al Gore would call it a hockey stick, I believe. Wouldn't he, Pat? Mm -hmm. Uh, Kind of a reverse hockey stick. Reverse hockey stick, okay? Mm -hmm. So they are now losing $2.2 billion a week. That's an annual loss of $114 billion that we know of, and that's if they don't tighten anything. The Fed has a total capital of $42 billion. 42. That means they're upside down. This is the bank bailing everyone out. So that's not good news. Last year, they sent the Treasury $64 billion. When we have a, when if the Fed starts to fall apart like this, we're the ones that are on the hook. They also have a huge loss uh, in something called the SOMA portfolio. And I'm going to get Carol on here in just a minute. She's going to be joining us in about an hour from now. And uh, she is she can break all of this stuff down. But uh, the loss at year end just in that is one point one trillion dollars so the bank the bank of the banks is in trouble if bonds are the problem can somebody tell me how many of our banks are holding those bonds because the federal reserve itself can't make money now because of the bonds We are, I think, at the beginning of this. We are not at the the end. Um, The only thing that they will have, they'll be able to do is print more money. What's that going to do? You can't raise the rates because we focused on the United States government not being able to meet the obligation of the interest on our debt. Little did I think, or many people think, wait a minute, what happens to the value of all of that really safe place to park your money? What happens to that? It's already lost 25%. If they keep raising the rates, the banks will lose even more money. But if they don't raise the rates, your interest rate or your inflation rate will go up. Why? Because we won't stop spending. The federal government, Joe Biden, just said his next budget, he's asking for six trillion dollars. Six trillion dollars. So if the Federal Reserve has to create new reserves, print more money just to meet their obligations, let alone printing money to meet our obligations, and more people are backing out of treasuries, 
Are you beginning to see how deep this problem really is? More in a second. First, let me tell you about Relief Factor Sleep. After that monologue, you going to sleep tonight? Let me recommend Relief Factor Sleep. I absolutely hate taking uh, any kind of sleeping medication at all because it just whacks you out the next day. I'm just not clear. It just, it's the only thing, it's the only drug that seems to just stay in my body for a while. Um, Relief Factor Sleep is not a drug. It's a lot like Relief Factor, the pain reliever. Uh, It is healthy sleep. Reducing anxiety and uh, and distress, it improves mood, promotes relaxation, and it does not whack you out. You can take it, and it's natural. And the next morning, you just feel you just feel refreshed. You don't notice that you had anything in your body. Unleash the power of a great night's sleep. Call eight hundred the number four relief. That's eight hundred the number four relief, or go to relieffactor.com. Dream big, sleep tight. It's Relief Factor Sleep at relieffactor.com. 10 seconds, station ID. I want to get into uh, more of that um, with Carol Roth because she'll be able to really explain all of this, but this is something that you need to be aware of. Uh, So I don't know if you saw this, Pat, um, but uh, the New York Times and the German newspaper Die Zeit uh, have published stories now on the Nord Stream bombing plot. Mm -hmm. And um, I just I just want to go over, you know, we we heard that we think we know we think we know what it is. New York Times. Yeah, Um, they have reviewed newly collected intelligence. And uh, they say that a pro-Ukrainian group carried out the attack on the pipeline. Okay, and they were opponents of Vladimir Putin of Russia, but they don't know who directed or paid for the operation. So uh, that's Mm. I mean, that's pretty damning, although I will say um, in the same report, U.S. officials declined to disclose the nature of the intelligence. Huh. How they got the intelligence, right? Any of the details of the intelligence, okay, or the strength of the evidence that it contains, huh? Yeah, so it's yeah. pretty solid. It's a pretty I would solid say case. Yeah, I would say it's really, right? it's really solid. Um, according to the investigation, they say it was a yacht rented from a company based in Poland, apparently owned by two Ukrainians. According to the investigation, mm-hmm. the secret operation at sea was carried out by a team of six people said to have been five men, one woman. The group consisted of a captain, captain, two divers, two diving assistants and a doctor. And um, they transported the explosives to the crime scene placed them there and uh, and then blew things up they how, how do they know that detail but they don't know who the group well is? they also know that they use professionally forged passports okay <sighs> okay but uh-huh again they don't know who it is they don't they, yeah they can't comment <laughs> they 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 won't disclose the nature of the intelligence how it was obtained any details or even the strength of 
the details but they here. do know that it's a pro-ukrainian group who well took a yeah well a they yacht don't from poland they don't really know <laughs> okay um huh. you know they said we we're still looking in to make sure it was a ukrainian group um but if it was mm-hmm. their their intelligence which they they have uh low confidence in all of this intelligence uh they say if if it was ukrainians they did it without the government's knowledge well naturally sure I mean, that goes without saying sure. doesn't it right right uh, they also uh, said that they uh-huh. can't rule out a false flag operation to blame pro ukrainian troops oh so it could know, be it somebody could be. else entirely yes you know yes that makes me suspect the zimbabweans i think it was zimbabwe who was behind this do you really i do Wait, do, do you have any evidence? That's based on well, I can't, I can't tell you what kind of evidence or right. why I'm basing it uh-huh. on that evidence, right? Or necessarily uh, why Zimbabwe would be involved in sure. this in any way? Sure. So it's pretty solid right. intelligence that I have, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, but that's what I'm basing it on. Okay. So now they said mm-hmm. we should be very clear that we 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 know very little. Uh, the group remains a mm-hmm. mystery to us. Yeah. Uh, and it's mysterious, not just to us, but also the U.S. government officials that they have spoken to. Uh, you know, they they know that the people involved were either Ukrainian or Russian or a mix sure. or a mix or a mix. All right. They also could be <laughs> anti-Putin and pro-Ukraine, but they're not sure. Or they might be pro-Putin and anti-Ukraine. Yeah, they might be. They might be. They might be. What about yeah. the Zimbabweans? Where do well, they? Where do they? I do know that there were uh, three of them. Uh-huh. One was a uh, trans woman. Okay. Another was a Catholic nun. Okay. From, so do you uh, have? Do you have like yeah. video? How did you? I no, mean, I just. I can't tell you where my source is <laughs> yeah. or who it is or why they told me anything, but I have though. I have really high confidence in the low quality that I was provided. <laughs> okay, so you didn't even get to the real story because I believe it was chicken scuba divers. Oh wow, that went there. It's definitely not the United States. Wow. No, definitely it's not, not us. No, no, we would. We had nothing to do with Wuhan. The labs there either. No, nothing, nothing. I don't so, even know why you brought that up. Well. Just to give some credibility to the uh-huh. chicken scuba divers. Okay. The Glenn Beck program. They're very anti-Putin. Uh, anyway, let me tell you about Patriot Mobile. Have you had enough yet? As an American, how you feeling about, uh, you know, everything? How about all of these big companies that are raking in millions of dollars, sometimes billions of dollars, uh, while publicly hating the country and talking us uh, to a cliff? I love that. Don't uh, you? Don't you? Oh, it's fantastic. It's, it's no chicken scuba diver, but it's pretty, <laughs> gr- it's pretty great. Uh, Patriot Mobile is there. They're the only Christian conservative wireless provider. Uh, they offer deplorables like you. Dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks. So you're not giving up any coverage. The 100% U.S.-based customer service team will make your switching easier. They also support free speech, the sanctity of life, the Second Amendment, our military first responder heroes. No need to put up with the woke companies anymore. Switch today. Stand with the people who are standing with you. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or call 878-PATRIOT, 878-PATRIOT 
or patriotmobile.com slash Beck. Promo code Beck. Glenn Beck, Stuber Gear, Steve Dace, Chad Prather, and me, Pat Gray. Listen to all your favorite conservative voices at blazetv.com. Promo code will not be censored. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Uh, I don't know if you saw this story uh, yet. Uh, January 6th attorney alleges the FBI criminally altered evidence. And they are asking now that a special master review the leaked messages. Um, they were they had on the stand special agent Nicole Miller, who is involved in the agency's investigation of the January 6th defendants. When cross-examining Nick Smith, the attorney representing the Proud Boys member, um, revealed classified FBI emails that were hidden in a tab in an Excel spreadsheet, which includes a directive to Miller to destroy 338 pieces of evidence and edit out an FBI agent from an informant report. Uh... Isn't wow. that a federal crime? Wow. Wow. I would have thought so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, the judge is looking into it. He's not sure okay. that it. All right. Uh, you we know, don't want to be too hasty. We don't want to be hasty. They I have mean, no how many record. pieces of evidence can you destroy before it becomes a, a real problem? I mean, what's 338 it, between friends? Probably virtually nothing. That is. we. What is it going to take to wake our neighbors up? I don't up? know. My gosh, people, the country is completely out of control. By the way, uh, it, I have to correct myself. I, I said that the uh, budget uh, from Biden is $6 trillion. Pat corrected me. It is mm-hmm. 6.9. But that's just I'm used to I'm I mean, used to talking to my wife. You know what I mean? Yeah. Going, honey, it's only it's six, rounded down. Yeah, it's only six trillion. You know, you don't say <laughs> the seven number or the six point nine because she immediately rounds up. It's seven trillion. I'm like. It's in the sixes. Six trillion. That's it. And besides, it's a measly $900 billion difference. That's just a little more than TARP. Right. Okay. And that's nothing now. That's nothing. Um, So the Department of Defense's comptroller believes that it is only a matter of time uh, that the uh, Pentagon budget is over a trillion dollars. It's already... I think 875 billion in the budget, but they're having a hard time making ends meet. Uh, and, uh, and they have a yeah. lot of things that they have to rebuy. So Pentagon's budget, trillion dollars. Hey, just, I was just thinking about something completely unrelated. Do you remember when Ronald Reagan, uh, you know, kind of was threatening war? Mm-hmm. And uh, he was making the Soviets all crazy, and they were like, "We've got to get in there. We've got to build a, a bunch of new stuff because Reagan's going to destroy us." And then they collapsed financially. <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what made me think of that, but <laughs> trillion dollars a year now in our defense budget, and the Pentagon is trying to find ways to buy massive amounts of ammunition. Because we don't we don't have enough am- ammo right now. Well, we depleted ours um, by giving it to, to Ukraine. Ukraine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, it used to be that my theory was I, I'm almost okay with 
any amount you spend on the military because it's so important. Our defense yeah. is, is yeah. critical. Yeah. However, in this particular case where we're giving everything to Ukraine and sparing nothing, including if it makes us weaker, then I think it might be a little bit of a problem. Yeah, we don't we don't have tactical missiles. Um, yeah, because we gave them to Ukraine. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. We we need five point six billion dollars for ammunition. Um, and well, I'm sorry, that's no, I'm sorry. Uh, that's what the administration has budgeted. But mm-hmm. apparently, we need I don't know, like a billion dollars more uh, for ammunition, ah. and that's just for the bullets. You know, forget the fact that our howitzers have no shells now. We are literally out of howitzer shells. Why would you need howitzer shells? Right. Who are we going to shoot with them? Right. Come on. We're not at war. We're not at Nobody's war. Nobody's threatening war. <laughs> right. You know, that's crazy. It's a proxy war. And the Russians don't know that. They don't know we're helping the Ukrainians. No, do they? they have no, no idea. <laughs> By the way, speaking about being flush with money, um, you know, the president came out yesterday and he said the economy is great. In fact, here he is. Cut two, please. Today, thanks to the quick action of my administration over the past few days, mm-hmm. Americans can have confidence that the banking system is safe. Oh, and I do. Your deposits I will do. be there when you need them. Yeah. Small businesses across the country, the deposit accounts at these banks mm-hmm. can breathe easier knowing they'll be uh, able to pay their workers and right. pay their bills. Okay. And their hardworking employees can breathe easier as well. Isn't that great? <laughs> I am so, I'm so, I mean, I have confidence now. Do you? I am stuffed with, co- I couldn't have another bite of confidence. <laughs> I am just, I have to push away from the table and loosen my belt a bit. And it's just based on that. Oh, right? just based what on, you just, just heard. Well, that end, I don't know if you saw the end. Here he is at the very end of his speech, uh, just walking away. And when he walks away, it just, again, Fills you with confidence. I can't have another bite. Here it is. President, what do you know right now about why this happened? And can you assure Americans that there won't be a ripple effect? Do you expect other banks to fail, Mr. President? Should all depositors be protected at all banks? I mean, that's a nursing home exit. That's a nursing home exit. That is a nursing home patient getting up and going, I gotta go potty. And walking to the little bathroom there in the room. It's beautiful. Seriously, seriously. By the way, he said that, don't worry, the FDIC is going to cover all this because that banks pay into that. And okay. they have almost unlimited funds. Well, FDIC, no, right? uh, no, they no. they have a uh, hundred and twenty eight billion dollars on hand. OK, OK, but um, the deposits at these banks are two hundred and sixty four billion so they're a little short. A little short. A signature had eighty-eight point six billion. Um, Silicon Valley Bank has one hundred and seventy-five point four billion, um, and FDIC has a hundred and twenty-eight. So I, I, I'm not good at math, but I think I, I feel secure um, because oh, I'm if they brimming with confidence, brimming right now, with confidence, I really am. It's not gonna. It's not gonna cost you a dime. No, right. The FDIC is gonna. They're gonna cover take it. care of it. Yeah. Now let me ask you, Pat. When, when another bank collapses, mm-hmm. okay, and the FDIC just spent all of their cash. Yeah, on the first two. On the first two. How do they bail everybody else out? Well, I'm sure the taxpayers won't won't have to 
You know, we won't have to carry any of that burden. Really? Yeah, I'm brimming with confidence on that. Because he said the banks are fine. Okay. And that was due to the very (laughs) swift action that his administration took. I could see the urgency in his step as he was walking away. Yeah. Yeah. So where do they get that money? Uh, The FDIC money? Yeah. Uh, The new money. uh, Magic fairy dust. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's great. Uh Um, You know know what I really... Uh, this is a growth industry and it's going to sound crazy, but I just want to give you a tip. If you're looking for a job, get into the business of selling green ink, <laughs> because I have a feeling at least for a mm-hmm. short period of time, green ink is going to be really super needed. Uh, and then mm. they'll probably not use green ink anymore. We'll just have it. I don't know. Sewn into our forehead or uh, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, the wrist would work too. Yeah, it would. Your wrist, your forehead. It it would. It would. Hey, some more good. Some more good news. Government agencies. Government agencies that you know were definitely not doing anything in the Wuhan lab. Okay, they weren't doing anything, let alone gain a function. Gain of function is like so crazy. I don't even know even, what that is. You would think that, <laughs> you know, you'd play, oh, they're doing a gain of function. No, we weren't doing that. In fact, we weren't doing anything with Wuhan and the lab, except CBS News has just obtained records that appear to show the U.S. government may have may have been paying for projects in Wuhan. Uh, some of those research projects may be tied to labs implicated in the lab leak of the COVID-19 origin theory. Now, here's the exciting news. It looks like we are so efficient that when they build us, the NIH paid the bill, but so did USAID. They were both like, let me pay it. No, I'll get the check. You get the check. You get the check next time. No, I want to pay it. And they ended up both paying it. <laughs> so we paid twice. Wow. Uh, for, uh, you know, it's just double billing. And uh, it's the government. Former federal investigator said it is concerning um, it's a powerful uh, statement. Yeah, it is concerning. I would use. <laughs> it is I mean, we are we are we are uh, talking about something that involves you know a deadly disease and risky research, but and millions of people having died. Yeah, uh, yeah, but world over, she is right. It, it is, is concerning. concerning. <laughs> All right, mm-hmm. let me tell you about American financing. Uh, it now seemed like a really good time not to owe money. To anyone? Bueller? It's uh, it's difficult just keeping track of all of the directions our money is moving away from us, not to mention how much more of it is moving these days. If you've got debts, especially if you have credit card debts with high interest, you've got to get yourself a break. Refinancing of your mortgage might sound scary, um, but it... It could lock you into a much, much lower interest rate and help you pay off a ton of debt. And this is where American financing comes in. If you pay down your credit cards, you are going to stop paying 21% interest. 
you're going to be paying a lot more than that in the end. Uh, 21% interest. How are you going to pay that off? You have $10,000 in uh, credit cards and they are at 21% interest. It's going to take you about 10 years to pay that off. Look, you could end up being able to pay it all off, delay up to two mortgage payments, and close in as little as 10 days. Please, no obligation, just call them at 800-906-2440 and see if they can help. American Financing, 800-906-2440, or go to AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Remember that song, uh, Things That Make You Go, hmm, I think this is one of those. California Governor Gavin Newsom facing pushback as state lawmakers, California lawmakers, progressive crazy-ass Democrats in California, began demanding details of his nearly $1 billion deal to receive 200 million masks Per month from a Chinese factory. Now, I don't know about you, but as the world is clamoring for masks right now, I can understand this. You know, uh, now that the world is clearly understands the masks make no difference at all. I can see why he's like, we got we have to have 200 million masks a month coming into California. A month. So he won't talk about the deal. Um, and, uh, you know, his advisors won't talk about the deal. The Los Angeles Times uh, just, you know, they said this this deal is with the Chinese electric car company called BYD, which stands for Build Your Dreams. Oh, that's beautiful. And that's what they're doing beautiful. in China is building dreams. Your dreams to have a mask. Right. Uh, BYD formed in 95. It was making batteries. And then Warren mm. Buffett got involved. He owns 25% of this company. And it's one of the largest electric car makers uh, and just partnered with Toyota. So, And they, they're doing a joint venture for electric car batteries. And he paid them... Um, a billion dollars for 200 million masks. Now, you could say, Glenn, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Hey, car seats, they have fabric. Masks oh, yeah. have fabric. It's the same thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, they're kind of going under a bit. They saw a 42% drop in profits um, from uh, 2019. And so they took one of their facilities and uh, they transformed it into the world's largest mass-produced face masks plant. They make 5 million masks per day. Uh, and they said this this is their fight against the spread wow. of coronavirus, which... Well, it's... I mean, as you said, the masks have been proven, uh, proven to, be to be so, so yeah, non-effective. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not sure why they need 200 million wow. masks a month... Um, oh, by the way, this car company, they do have uh, just a little factory in California 
you know, employs a thousand people. So he might want to, you know, hey, let's keep these people employed, which I would prefer giving everyone, ten, you know, those thousand employees, give them all $10 million. Let's call it. Let's just call it. You know what? Close mm-hmm. the factory. Keep it open. Let's give you. We'll save money. We'll save money. Um, but uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Hmm. One of those things that make you go. Hmm. And there's so many of those. So many wow. money saving projects from this administration. Really? That you're really? just you, you sit back and you're really proud. Cause, yeah. 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 The mask yeah. thing. Has been really good for us. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, um, the, we have a uh, a college in Cupertino. What else is in Cupertino? Oh, Apple. So we have a college there, uh, and uh, the director of the Office of Equity, Social Justice, and Multicultural Education uh, has been fired. Because uh, she questioned the institution's woke anti-racism and diversity and equity and inclusion initiatives. Uh, Kind of bigot was she? I know. And she also declined to join the socialist network. So, I mean, you can't have that. No. She doesn't want equity? No. She doesn't want equality? She doesn't want socialism? Right. What? We're all socialists now. Exactly. 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 So I think that's uh, I think that's good. California, you are good on the good right shape. track, baby. Mm-hmm. In the 1960s, 95% of the clothing Americans bought was made here in America. Now 97% is made overseas. Complete reversal. I want to welcome American Giant back as a sponsor this year. American Giant is all about American workers and the products that they make. It's about good-paying jobs that allow people to take pride in their hard work. It's about America being independent. They began in 2012 when a clothing factory in North Carolina was going to shut down. They worked with the factory and invested in new machinery, and they, they now make some of the best clothing, the best hoodie you will ever, ever own. It will, you will pass it on to your kids. Buy American today, American-Giant.com. It's American Giant, American-Giant.com slash Glenn. Make sure you add the slash Glenn for all kinds of specials. So much, so much to talk about with Carol Roth. She is a former investment banker, but she speaks the language of Main Street and cares about Main Street over Wall Street. Um, Are we at the end of this? Are we at the beginning of something bigger? What happened to Silicon Valley Bank, the 
for, for the English. Did they actually buy this bank for a pound? Is it the same bank? What is happening? Also, bailing out with by using the FDIC. The FDIC is now out of money, and it didn't even cover what they bailed out. So who's stuck with that bill? Oh, and if treasuries were the problem, aren't all banks kind of in the same boat? Isn't even the Fed in the same boat? And all of our allies that buy treasuries? We go there with Carol Roth in 60 seconds. Every time you hear about one of those massive data data breaches in the news, uh, you should breathe a sigh of relief that you weren't one of the victims. Don't worry about things that you really don't have time to deal with. This is why LifeLock is here. Now, LifeLock can't stop everything, but they do a much better job of monitoring your data than you can ever on your own. Cybercrime is going up and becoming a bigger and bigger problem because everything we do is online. Get 25% off a subscription to LifeLock now, top of the line in cybersecurity, both preventative measures to keep you safe and access to a restoration team if you do end up having your information hacked into. Nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but you can protect what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year with the promo code BECK. 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. Make sure you use the promo code BECK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. Carol Roth, welcome back. Hi, Glenn. What a crazy couple of days here never never ceases to amaze does it it no it no it really doesn't first of all let me get you uh get your reaction we taught we spoke on friday on the friday exclusive that i do for blaze tv yes. um and this story was just breaking Correct. um so they bailed everything out with the fdic but this isn't just the uh, depositors that they bailed out. I'm for FDIC covering depositors, um, but they just changed the law with a stroke of a pen, did they not? I mean, you had $400 million in that bank. It says clearly on the door, deposits up to 250000 yeah, you know, it's it's funny. I have a different take on this than uh, a lot of uh, people that I've been talking to, some friends and colleagues. Um, you know, they did not do what I would consider to be a full bank bailout. They did not protect the shareholders. They right. showed management the door. So, you know, the people who should be taking on risk took on the risk. In terms of the depositors, I mean, you could say, oh, why should these, you know, tech companies be saved? But I challenge people to change the name. If it wasn't called Silicon Valley Bank, if it was called the Small Business Bank of Iowa, would you want those small businesses' so, <clears throat> money to be at risk? Well, there is a, there is a difference um, uh, in those small businesses, and I'll tell you what the difference is. There's no way in hell this federal government would bail out a small business bank in a red state. I, I just don't believe it. That, that may be the case. 
But at the same time, if you think about the potential contagion effect, and, and we can use this now as a benchmark to say they've done it before, that God forbid the small business bank of you know red state were to fail in the future. But if you think about just the ripple effects, the, the example I like to use is Etsy. Etsy is a, a marketplace where artisans and you know small sure. entrepreneurs do crafts and they sell them. Etsy had all of their working cap, or not all of their working capital, a large portion of their working capital with Silicon Valley Bank. So if that money were to have to gone away, they wouldn't have been able to pay all of the entrepreneurs. The same thing with a payroll company. They had their money with Silicon Valley Bank. And so another company wouldn't have been able to pay their entrepreneurs. So that kind of reverberation throughout the system, and then you know, not quelling the fears that this could happen again and potentially taking down not just other regional banks, but having contagions up to big banks, it would have been really bad for everyone. Um, and this, so wait, you know, but wait, it, wait, 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 wait. I, I agree with you. I agree with you that it would have been horrendous. Okay. However, um, I had uh, under the FDIC limit in Silicon Valley Bank for one of my businesses. We ran our payroll through Silicon Valley Bank. Okay. I we never put more than two hundred and fifty grand in that. We never do it unless we care to lose it. Uh, so why do I have to play by the rules and expect that I'm not going to get something? But all of the big guys will always expect. Oh well, they're going to bail me out. I'm too big to lose. I'm too big to fail. Yeah, I mean, listen, this is, I think, sort of a, a an, an expectation sort of game. Um, but the reality is that we didn't want to have that failure happen. And this was a bank that was very different than some of the other failures that had happened before. I mean, this was not about making toxic um, sure. loans or derivative products. This was really a liquidity issue that should have never gotten to the panic. And I think that's the bigger issue, that the way this was communicated the hubris. I mean, the fact that the head of Silicon Valley Bank sat on the board of directors of the San Francisco Fed and didn't anticipate that it might not be a good idea to lock up money for 10 years in Treasury. I mean, there are a lot of really weird questions here. And I think we can certainly debate, you know, what what we should do on a go forward basis, but we have to have faith in the banking system and for companies to take their cash management and now have to go through paperwork and you know, chop it up into little blocks so that they can be covered and have this in all different kinds of banks and all different kinds of accounts isn't particularly efficient. So I think no, it's not. that the I think the insurance program probably needs to be relooked okay. at. But you um, can't. And I think that. But you can't just write the rules as you go. That's the problem. <laughs> they do all the time. Glenn. I this know, and it's wrong. It. And it's wrong to do that. Um, so, 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 so fundamentally, it is definitely wrong to do that. But if they're going to continue to do it on an ongoing basis, this was not the time to to put the flag down and go. Nope, this isn't the time that we should do it. That's just you know, it, it was a very sort of practical decision. Yes, in principle, we need to fix the underlying system. But as I said, let's not pretend yeah. that we have capitalism here in the United States. You've had the Fed who's been interfering. Oh, no, in the market it's not capitalism. Well, from Main Street to Wall Street on a historic basis. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not going to sit and pretend, oh, this was, you know, some affront to capitalism that didn't actually no. exist. 
That's- no, the Fed is you know, the Fed is completely out of control, overstepped, and all of the you know the big banks, the really big banks, they are rolling with our cash, and we're on rolling the, in dough. Yeah, literally. So so let me go back to the bonds here for a second. They lock these treasuries up for ten years, um, and they when the interest rates go up, they lost about twenty five percent on their bonds if they tried to sell them in an emergency they were going to lose 25 cents on the dollar that's what caused the panic because if you lose 25 cents on the dollar you don't have enough to cover all of all of the things you have to cover let me let me let me add one other thing that added into the panic because this was on paper should they had held them to maturity there wouldn't have been no problem like you said only in an emergency what happened is that within silicon valley um because interest rates were rising and the bank was only paying you know a small amount on deposits you could pull your money out and park it into a treasury bill now and get you know five percent without very long duration. So you had more depositors pulling their money out than they had modeled and expected in this rising interest rate environment, as well as probably companies that needed more operating cash because of the economy. So they didn't have that expectation, and that sort of mismatch and saying, oh, wait, we have a liquidity need because we didn't estimate for this. That's what well, forced them to sell the bonds at that loss and then created this panic. And that's where this boob that is sitting on the uh, Federal Reserve Board in San Francisco, th- these guys are, I, I'm convinced these guys are arrogant morons. Um, however, um, how many other banks have put their uh their money into longer term treasuries oh i mean it's throughout the system I okay mean, if you so think about so so you, wait, think, wait 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 wait, wait go wait, ahead if you take you know bank of america they also had a situation where they had to take a big loss on selling treasuries the difference is that they have a large and diversified business you know they only had 69% of their liabilities being deposits where silicon valley bank it was 89% they have a lot of retail deposits that were under the threshold they have investment banking and trading and all these wealth management all these other things so for them it wasn't an issue but on a smaller scale for a bank that you know really does rely on that deposit business and because they had so much of that as these you know smaller business deposits that were uninsured that made it different than it was for let's say some of these bigger banks or banks that are structured right so uh, but i mean i'm looking at banks uh like you know jp morgan chase all of the they're fine (laughs) they got plenty of money and they're going to get all the depositors as the little banks go out exactly right so let's, let's uh, what i'm asking point. what i'm what i'm asking you is uh, how what gives us any indication that this is uh that it's over that we're safe now i mean it might be because right now but this is going to happen again so that's exactly why they put out the press release that they did, you know, the Fed and the Treasury and that very comforting statement from our president. I'm sure that gave you oh all the gosh. confidence oh, in the yeah. world. I'm stuck. But that 
But that was the point is the reason that that those depositors pulled out their deposits is because they were worried it wasn't going to be backstop. And if there was this, this liquidity issue that was incurred, oh, boy, you know, what are we going to do? So, yes, there are other banks who are probably in the same situation. But if their customers don't panic and pull their deposits and they have the time to plug that liquidity hole, um, then it, that's what that statement was meant to do. Now, it really just depends on the temperament of individuals and businesses. If you believe that, if you believe they're going to step in and backstop, then you're not pulling out the money. These companies can, the banks can deal with it. And if you don't, then we're going to see more of this. Certainly, I think, um, you know, particularly Silicon Valley Bank was different than Silvergate um, and Signature that had more crypto exposure. I would imagine those that have more exposure to crypto, we're probably going to see some additional issues. Issues, but Silicon Valley Bank being that second largest bank to fail in history, one of the top 20 banks in the U.S., um, systemically important, as as you said, obviously plugged in and connected um, was just a, a different, a bit of a different animal. So, but Glenn, I do, I do want to go to that point that you make, because I think this is really huge. Just like they closed down the small businesses during COVID and all of that went over to the big guys. You know, the big guys couldn't really step in. There, there's some laws in place about them buying more deposits. But what has happened in letting this play out the way it does is people have just decided to organically move their deposits. So JP Morgan and Citigroup, like they're having a field day, so much so that Jamie Dimon just bought something like $26 million worth of JP Morgan stock because he's doubling down because he knows all of those depositors are, are rolling in and he did not have to pay a red cent for them. The great consolidation continues. All right. Hang on just a sec. I, can you spend the hour with me? Yeah, of course. Because I've got a ton of questions on this. Um, we'll come back in just a second. Certain kind of person out there, and you know them when you see them. One that fits into the category of above and beyond. Somebody who is, who they usually just love their job and they love serving people. They love to see their customers really, really happy. Those are the kinds of people that we look for when we're looking for real estate agents uh, that can represent you when you're buying or selling your home. You need somebody who really loves serving people, has compassion for people and, and cares about people and wants to do the best for them. That's also the best way to make money. Best way to be successful is just to serve and overserve your customer um, because they're, they always go away happy and then you've got more customers coming your way. We look for the people like that who also have the best track record uh, and they meet our standards and we have pretty high standards to recommend. These people don't work for us, so we don't have any skin in the game on, you know, who we pick and who we don't other than I want to super serve you and give you the best person. Realestateagentsitrust.com is a referral service. Just go there, tell us where you're buying, selling, and we'll get you some uh, of the best real estate agents in the country. Realestateagentsitrust.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Okay. So 
as the as the uh, Fed rate goes up, these treasuries are worth less and less if you have to sell them. Correct. Wait, uh, we're missing you. Hang on just a second. No. Okay. Can yeah, you get, there, you yeah, get me now? Out? I can okay. Hear you, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, obviously the not to get too wonky, but the the interest rates or the yield on the bond trades in inverse to it. And if you think about it, you know, why would you buy a 10 year that was you know on the market from a long time ago that's yielding one point something int- percent interest when you can buy something that's at two years right now that gives you like you know five percent interest Correct. doesn't make any sense so the so their current value on the market um is lower but again if you hold them to maturity if they hold them the 10 years you still get the full amount of the face value Correct. plus the interest it's just the tradable value today in that interim time period because there's not a lot of demand for right that. so for any small bank that is holding these if there's trouble they could be in trouble just like silicon valley bank now the FDIC, we were told, you know, that's the insurance. Yeah. And, and he said, we're, we're, don't worry. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> the banks have paid into it. Well, they don't have enough money just to cover what they covered uh, yesterday. So they're already upside down. So that means if we do have runs on the bank in future, you know, near future, they don't have any money, which leads me to believe we will just print the money. Doesn't yes. the, I mean, the inflation rate of what we're doing is crazy. Are, are we is this the beginning of the currency death cycle? Well, the currency death cycle began a long time ago. Um, I'd say a couple things. So from an FDIC standpoint, you know, they are saying we're going to put a fee out to other banks. So when Joe Biden comes out and says the taxpayer is not paying for this, you're not paying for it directly, but you certainly will be, whether it's a lower interest rate on your money or more Correct. fees or whatnot, if all the other be- uh, banks have to go in. <laughs> what I do think can happen here in the meantime is, you know, with the bank, they're trying to sell off pieces of it um, and they're trying to find new homes for it. So the FDIC is covering it. It's insurance if it needs to make it whole. But if somebody else were to buy it or to, you know, buy right. other assets, there, there's a way to, you know, that that structure sort of happens. And obviously that's the best case scenario. And again, frankly, we should have just never gotten to the point um, where we had this panic. But, right. you know, the the idiots um, didn't didn't prevent there. You know, should there be a, God forbid, wide run? Yes. Then, you know, in terms of trying yeah. to, to solve this, it would be money right. printing, which is, again, if I can respond, because, you know, some people did not like what I had to say. That's sort of my point. I'm Someone's saying I'm a paid show. I'm not, a, I'm not paid by anybody. I'm saying <laughs> that we wanted to say we wanted to stem this because what would happen to everybody, people who were not involved at all, I, would have cost you a lot more than this, you know, kind of temporary s- pin here. I don't think people understand um, the destruction that is coming our way. It's coming. Correct. This Correct. is going to happen. It's just a matter of when. And people yes. are like, <clears throat> you know. I'm fine. Bring it on. No, you really don't understand. You you should be in a healthy way, terrified of what yes. is coming. And I yes. use the word terrified. Do you remember? 
our grandparents went through something that they they were 50 years away from and they were still like it could happen at any time that's the kind of pain that america is about to go through and remember those people grew up without indoor toilets okay they grew up without all the fancy stuff that we have now they didn't have that far to fall back we have an enormous way to go back you should be terrified of it um in a healthy way all right when we come back i i want to want to ask you about the fed itself and the sell the sale for a pound silicon (laughs) valley bank in uk what was that all about um back with more carol roth in just a second The Glenn Beck Program. Sadly, it uh, probably comes as no surprise to anyone that even after the overturning of Roe versus Wade, um, abortion is still the number one killer among infants. This is craziness. You want to know one of the reasons? We have lost all sense, all sanity, and all morality when we are just killing our children. I mean, it's the least we could do. What do you say? We stop killing children. Dan Steiner, a friend of mine, founded the life-saving ministry of Preborn 16 years ago. They have saved over 200,000 babies since then. Now, they have partnered with us, and we have a new goal just for this audience of being able to save 80,000 babies this year. This, I think, will bring great blessings upon all of our heads. Uh, For $140, you can introduce moms to their babies on ultrasounds and help rescue five babies' lives. When moms see their babies on ultrasound, it changes everything. 28 bucks for one. You do five for 140. Help them out in any way you can. Pound 250 keyword baby or preborn.com slash Beck. Check out my show, Pack Ray Unleashed. Every weekday, 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time, live or anytime and anywhere you get your podcast. We're with Carol Roth. Uh, She is the... uh, author of the new book that is coming out this summer, You Will Own Nothing. Um, and, uh, I, you know, Carol, I want to talk to you about where we were here a second ago, because I, I think it is important to discuss nuance here. Yes. Um, with, because I am against bailing everybody out, and I know there's a difference. They didn't bail out the the crooks that were running it or the stupid people that were running it or anything else they did. They bailed out the people who were doing business with the bank, not the bank itself. Correct. Well, I wouldn't say they bailed them out. They offered to backstop. They created, and and we don't know. We don't know if any of that is going to be required. You know, they're going to go through a process. They're going to look to sell assets. That money is going to be used to cover things. But they stepped in and said, you know, if this needs to be covered, we're going to find a way to spread that out through the banking system so it doesn't. So, again, this is a highly nuanced discussion. They did not bail. They did not save the bank. The bank 
bank closed. They did not save the shareholders. They did not save the management who made the bad decisions. I personally think that they should go back after any of the stock sales that the senior management made yeah. in the weeks leading up to this. So it's not that. It's about you know not completely burning down the system. And there's some people who say, you know what, we should just light a match. Let's burn down the entire system today. I'm more in the camp of let it burn slowly because there are more people who need to get prepared. And the like you said in our previous segment, the amount of carnage that would be happening to everyone, people who are not directly related to this. This is not about the people who are related to this. This is about the contagion effect it's to about everybody, everybody else, including the people who are listening to this program. And it is a nuanced discussion about the interconnectedness and you know the how messed up our financial system it is. It is. It is in the worst case scenario, it is the end of the Western way of life for at least a while. Yes. Um, and I don't think people really understand that. I was for TARP for about two days. I had a friend who was in the meeting uh, with the Treasury that Sunday night, and he <laughs> called me, and he's a really reasonable, buttoned up, you know, guy. Um, and he was a CFO. And he called me in tears. He was walking home from it in New York. And he said, I'm walking up Broadway and I'm looking at the cars coming down. And he said, I'm looking at the faces of people. They have no idea what's about to happen. And yeah. Well, it's, it's funny because I was actually against TARP and against those bank bailouts. Right. Because it was a different situation. Well, I was, uh, hear me out. I was for it for about two days okay. after talking to him because I saw what was happening and what it meant, and no one was prepared. And I thought, okay, he said to me, Glenn, we're going to slam into the side of a mountain. This will allow us to come down in the trees. But then I realized nobody was actually doing that. They weren't preparing to bring it down. They had another scheme up their sleeve. Right. And that's why I immediately changed my mind. and went, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is a game being played. Correct. So the, there's part of me that um, <clears throat> I want to slow it down in any way possible and, and land in the trees. Um, however, um, the more time that goes on, the worse it's going to be, A. B, the more prepared the the government is to fall into digital currency and everything else, which is going to be the end of freedom as the world knows it. Yeah, and that's actually my concern, um, as I've expressed to you before, that having a bank run and having you know wide bank runs gives the government the perfect Excuse. cover story for CBDC. They can say, you know, you can't have a bank run if there isn't a bank. So if we control this, then you're completely, you know, quote unquote secure because yeah. the government is here to help you. And that just gives them, you know, that crisis to be able to push central bank digital currency, which is the end of freedom and independence and individual rights and property rights here in the United States, which as we both know, is coming. It's a matter of time. I just want more people to understand this, to get into some level of hard assets, to, to really be prepared because people are not prepared for this to no, happen not. tomorrow. They think that it's just going to They We haven't seen anything like this since the 1930s. And this is 
um, probably more destructive than what we had in the 1930s because well, of the scale of debt all around the world. Correct. And think about this. You know, the, the U.S. has been the global center of the universe, the world's reserve currency, for only about 80 years. So people who are alive today have never been in a situation where we have not been in the center of the financial universe. And as that shifts, that's going to have severe implications for the quality of life, for the actions of the government. And oh, by the way, every time there has been one of these shifts in modern history, from the Dutch Empire to the British Empire to the U.S. Empire, there's usually a catalyst for that, which is war. So there are really bad things that go along yeah. with the shifting of the of the financial world order. And it, you're right. It is it is going to happen. It's a question of of when, not uh, if it's going to happen. But everybody needs to be prepared. And this weekend was not the time for that to happen. I will tell you that uh, I'm always thank God I'm always wrong on timing, but direction I'm usually Correct. right on. Um, but I, I really feel that uh, war, collapse, whatever, is coming before the next president is sworn in. Um, because if I'm China, why wouldn't I do it at our weakest point? Um, one other thing. Did you get the uh, email I sent you from Seeking Alpha? So I did. Um, I, it's I about the – you didn't get a chance to read it? I didn't it, get a chance to get in there yet. Okay, so it is um, – for the first time in the Fed's history, uh, they are lost – they are operating in a loss. Uh, the last quarter of 22, they uh, posted a loss of $15 billion. So usually all of their profits go to the Treasury, and that helps you know our, our deficit – um, but they are now expecting losses this year of, gosh, what was it, like $115 billion. Um, uh, and, and they're kind of in the same kind of situation uh, where we're not getting the money. And then they also said they're uh, carrying a huge unrealized loss in their SOMA portfolio. Do you know anything about that? What what does that mean? Yeah, so I mean, a few things is that the Fed over time operates at losses and also at, you know, quote unquote profits. And like you said, when they have profits, they give it back to the U.S. Treasury, which is why I always laugh when people tell me that the Fed is an independent organization. What right. independent organization gives their profits when right. they seem to have them back to the right. U.S.? Guys, this is this is all tied in together. Uh, in terms of the unrealized losses, I mean, you, you know, the Fed has... Uh, you know, close to still like it's over eight trillion, close to nine trillion dollars on their balance sheet that we know uh, from this funny nut money that they've printed from nowhere. Right. And they've gone out in the market and they purchased, you know, the same kinds of securities. But again, in terms of unrealized, we've talked about in the before in terms of tax policy, unrealized doesn't mean anything. It's theoretical. It's only when it becomes realized that it's an issue. And the Fed has no incentive if they have things that have unrealized losses 
losses on their balance sheet, they'll just keep them on their balance sheet forever. Um, the bigger issue is the fact that they have anything, let alone that level on their balance sheet and everything that they have done to put us in the situation we are today to transfer epic amounts of wealth from Main Street, from the working class, from the middle class to Wall Street. I mean, that's the issue. We've got the Fed who, you know, alongside the government is the arsonist who burns your house down and then is standing there with like a little bucket of water being like, oh, look at me, I'm helping. I'm trying to put this out. I mean, this is the crux of the issue. This is what we need to be addressing systemically if anything is going to change. Their powers, um, it, it's not just about abolishing the Fed, which a lot of people are talking about it's abolishing their powers because the only thing that would be worse than the Fed having these ridiculous powers that they have would be for Congress to Correct. take them over. So we have to be very, very specific. We want those powers abolished. We should be letting the market dictate things like interest rates and not well, having a committee of people <clears throat> play God here. The the problem that people will say is, well, then you'll have crashes all the time. But the crashes we used to have were very short-lived um, and the recovery always came back because it is part of free the free market to burn out the the you know the underbrush that is dying you let the trees die and it burns out and that replenishes the soil and so we had short crashes they are not uh, preventing crashes they are they are building these crashes and that, you know, it used to be the mantra. These banks are way too big. Well, they keep making everything bigger. They're going to push it into four banks. Then it will be the Federal Reserve and the Federal Reserve will eventually become a global thing. Uh, and, you know, well, then what? I mean, there's no place to push it other than God after that. Yeah, I mean, I think about the scope of the boom and the bust cycles. Like you said, you know, not only do they get uh, perhaps more frequent, but they get huger huge. in scope, the huge bottoming out and then, then the huge bubble run up. And what this does, most people don't realize this, is that I call it sort of the, the vulturing of these boom and bust cycles because it wipes out the wealth of the average person who panics and says, you know, I I've had enough of this. Then they run the prices up and who benefits from that it ends up being the wealthy and well-connected right. then everything busts out again it goes down to lower prices the vultures that have all the money they put their money in and they keep putting in them in these huge huge cycles so they're creating not necessarily just more frequent cycles but these larger cycles if we had a stable currency that was backed by something like gold like it used to be it would be a very different situation and it would take the moral hazard away from the fed and the government to just do whatever they wanted and destroy the purchasing power of the people who've worked so hard to earn that money. Okay, um, if you'll stay with me just a couple more minutes, I, I want to ask you about Bitcoin and gold um, okay. because I think those assets are working the way they're supposed to uh, when we come back. In an emergency situation, you're going to have a lot of things on your mind, especially if you've got a family to take care of. People laugh at preppers. Oh, they won't one day. They won't take this concern off of your plate. Uh, how do you survive in crazy situations? Well, mypatriotsupply.com can help you. Right now, you can stock up on their three-month emergency food kit. You'll also get $200 worth of survival gear as a free bonus with every 
three-month uh, kit that you would purchase. Something goes wrong, the whole family is, uh, is there. War, grid goes down, snowstorm. Everything you'll get when you see it, you'll know you'll be prepared and you'll sleep better. MyPatriotSupply.com. $200 bonus right now. MyPatriotSupply.com. You also get free shipping. Order today. MyPatriotSupply.com. The Glenn Beck Program. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. Senator Mark Kelly called for social media to censor anyone to prevent bank runs. Um, you know, don't, don't censor, but... Uh, don't 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 cause a run on the bank. It's a probably a good safety tip. Um, Bitcoin is being blamed for a lot of this, although Bitcoin went up. Gold went up. Carol, I, I talked to so many friends and family. They were all calling me yesterday. What do we do? What do we do? Gold and silver. I mean, if if th- I mean, that's the only thing that you can count on. Right. Yeah, I mean, we had a, a Twitter spaces on this last night. I mean, actually put a, a, a um, video out today for gold virgins, people who have never bought precious metals before, because yeah. it can be a little bit intimidating. But yeah, I mean, this is, um, you know, when there are changes in the new financial or the financial world order, historically, it has always been something that goes back to a commodity that everyone agrees right. on. You know, that's been gold. Central banks, we know have bought a record amount of gold last year. So, you know, the idea is to get yourself into hard assets, a form factor that you can control, because particularly, as we said, if this rolls into things like central bank digital currencies, you want to be able to control and have access to a portion of your wealth, hard assets, mm-hmm. physical metals, use a, a, a reputable dealer. I know, Glenn, you and I both work with Goldline, not to be a commercial here, but you know, you want to have physical, not even ETF, something that you can hold. And then certainly, you know, things like land, water rights, you know, real estate, th- things that are, are tangible and hard that don't have that same manipulation factor. Mm. But for that buying, that bartering, the trading, putting some of your long-term wealth in precious metals, I think is imperative. And just as Carol said, we're both spokespeople for Goldline, but we're only spokespersons for Goldline because we believe it. Um, So this is not a commercial. I mean, go ahead and buy your, I think you'll regret it, but go ahead and buy your gold or silver wherever. But uh, if, if you're not awake to gold or silver and, you know, people say, I don't have the money for gold. Um, Well, maybe not. Um, But silver you have the money for and silver will be probably more uh, usable in the short run, um, because you're not going to be buying huge, you know, huge things. You need to barter. If you are really down and I can't afford gold, well, you have to just think, how do I, how do I barter? How do I get something of value for my family that I need? And, you know, it's most likely not going to be in $5,000 chunks. Yeah, and you can get you know smaller gold coins and fractional yeah. amounts of golds as well, which are important. You know, if you think about a situation like Venezuela, those metals are what they're using for things like food and hospital visits and things like that. That's so crazy. you know, it happened to them. Um, just don't panic, but be prepared. Yeah, look at Venezuela. 
Um, once they started nationalizing things in Venezuela, it was over quickly. We They were on about a 20-year timeline, uh, and we're headed towards 20 years now of this timeline. Uh, that's kind of the outcome that could come here to America, and don't think that it can't. Prepare so you don't worry about it. The Glenn Beck Program. Uh, there's a movie I've been telling you about. It's just about to come out. Um, last night I saw The Jesus Revolution, which is fantastic. Another movie that's coming out is Nefarious. Uh, and it's a modern day screw tape letter. It is a story of good versus evil. And it's coming from the uh, the filmmakers that brought you God is Not Dead and Unplanned. And it's based on the book written by our very own Steve Dace. Uh, the trailer is terrifying. You can find it at whoisnefarious.com. It opens in theaters nationwide April 14th. I mean, if the 15th would have probably been a better opening day, you know, tax day. All you're thinking about is hell. Anyway, Nefarious uh, uh, opens uh, April 19th. Save the date. Don't miss it. See the trailer. Go to whoisnefarious.com. Yes, I play a role in the. I'm, and I apologize for every second I'm on the screen. Thank goodness I'm not on very long. Uh, whoisnefarious.com. See the trailer now. America. Well, there are some other things going on besides our banking crisis. Uh, there's a war to look after. There is also a president who, I mean, might be peeing in a corner of the Oval Office. I can't find the corner. Okay. Um, we, uh, we've got a lot of issues that are going on. We want to cover some of the rest of the news. Uh, we begin in 60 seconds. Uh, we were just talking about the banking crisis and uh, where do you go? If treasuries are something that are a problem, where do you go? Scariest three words of the week, Silicon Valley Bank. Feel the goosebumps? Uh, may I strongly suggest that you don't panic, you have a plan, and you you call Goldline, please. Just find out if it's right for you. What I don't think this is the big event, but it's gonna look and feel and happen this fast when it does. Uh, and I would highly recommend you call Goldline. It is going to be the thing that stores value, gold and silver. Right now, 150 of the original one ounce copper great seal rounds with every qualifying order of $5 gold Liberty or Indian coins. 
$5 Indians, they are beautiful and fantastic, hold their value. You buy the Indians or the Liberty Coins in tubes or boxes of 20. Just ask Goldline about the difference. You're going to get a boatload of free copper as a thank you just for supporting the show and going to Goldline. Please just ask them for information now. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE. You notice gold went up like $40 yesterday? Mm. I don't know why people are, you know, I, I've been saying for a long time, look, I, I, don't, I, I don't do it as an investment, although it's been a good investment. I don't do it as an investment. It's a, it's a hedge against insanity. How much insanity are we going to have to take before people are like, you know, oh, there might be something up. Yeah. Might be trouble. I'm always fascinated, too, that most of us wait until it skyrockets before you're interested yeah. in buying gold. So stupid. It's really so stupid. Weird. It's we're the only country that does it. It's hey, America. Twenty five hundred dollars an ounce. I want it now. I know. It's, Bitcoin is sixty thousand dollars. <laughs> I need I it. I gotta get in. Weird. No, it, really. It, mm-hmm. We're the only. Do you know that we're the only country that does that? Every other society is built the other way. It's weird. We are motivated when things are hot and expensive. Yeah. So bizarre. So bizarre. Um, there's a couple of things uh, going on. Uh, first of all, you know, one of the signs, and I mean this sincerely, I don't mean, I don't say this to be mean or, or you know, uh, poking fun, um, but one of the signs of senility is just blurting things out. That's kind of a bad trait for a president to have. Um, <laughs> yesterday, uh, he was delivering a speech and uh, he was at a fundraiser and he was speaking about the health of Jimmy Carter. And uh, he said, you know, Jimmy Carter, uh, you know, he he's asked me to deliver his eulogy. Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. No, you shouldn't have said that. Oh, yeah, you shouldn't. And have the said time that. to realize that is before, before you, you say, say that. It. He'd be good in negotiations with President Z, wouldn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. bluffing. Oh, wait a minute. I shouldn't have said I that. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Forget I said that. Oh, my gosh. Um, something else. And uh, I just, I pray Donald Trump will stop mm-hmm. doing this. Please. We love you, Mr. President. We, we also love ron DeSantis. we we love uh, you know i love uh vivek ramaswamy i i i want somebody we can vote for and mm-hmm. maybe that's you maybe that's not you i don't know what the american people are gonna but i'll support you please stop taking ron DeSantis apart and especially in the way you're doing it um he said yesterday in a video for those of you that didn't notice, Florida was doing great long before Ron DeSantis. That's what he said there. Um, he said, people are fleeing from New York to Florida and other places because of high taxes and out-of-control crime. It's really bad, not because of the governor. Mm. Um, no, no, it's not true. Um, it's not because of the governor. Florida was doing fantastically. You had a governor named Rick Scott who did a very good job. Even Charlie Crist, a Democrat, did a good job, and he had very good numbers. 
Yikes. Come on. Yikes. Please don't do this. Please don't do this. Charlie Crist. Mm. Was it really? Terrible. Terrible. Really? Which is why Ron DeSantis beat him by 19.4 points just a few months ago. Almost 20-point victory. Unheard of in Florida, especially. Uh, it, nobody in the GOP is appreciative of any job that Charlie Crist has done. No. 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 And I'm appreciative of what Ron DeSantis did in Florida and yes. what Donald Trump did in As Washington. As president. Yeah. yeah. I'm, yes. I, I love them both. Please. The scorched earth policy is not is good. not good. Mm-mm. We have to win this election. Yep. We have to be able to come together. Regardless of who that is. Right. Whether it's in, in one of the three, and I hope it is, because I, I could go with... I could go with any of the three. Um, But it can't be Biden. It can't be any Democrat. Can't be. In fact, my belief is that no Democrat should ever win a national election again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if we were Democrats, we could clearly just uh, fix the the Democratic system so we could make sure that we never got in again. Right. I mean, I tell you, if, if, if Joe Biden runs... And he wins. Oh, uh, I think I, that almost seals our fate. Oh, it does. Yeah. Oh, it does. This is mm-hmm. we're I, done. I really, you know, everybody said this is the most important. I think this is the last election of the republic as we know it. As we know it, if we don't get somebody mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. turn that can actually do the job and turn things around and turn things around, but not through executive order but can get mm-hmm. the laws passed and do the things that have to be done and do it the right way, um, we're done. Yeah. We're just done. I just don't think, I don't think there's can, any question about no, that. You can't do eight years of this. I mean, no. $6.9 trillion. Yeah, it's incredible. It's just incredible. Look at the interest rates. The interest rate was 2.9%. It was under 3% when Trump left office. It's it was it just went above seven percent. I think it just went down because of this banking situation, but it went down to like six point seven percent or something. Yeah, I mean we we're in a terrible position. Terrible. And he continues to brag about it every time something goes up that he pushed to the highest level, and then it goes down slightly temporarily the next month. Then he takes credit for it. I know. I know. It's and incredible. He yesterday he blamed the banking crisis on Trump. Oh, uh, yeah. My gosh. Yeah. Do you remember when Obama used to do that? Everything was Bush's fault. Yeah. For eight years, everything was Bush's fault. This president is exactly the same. Yep. Everything is Trump's fault. Yep. And do you remember that it was shortly before the election? He said, when I'm president, I will I will take responsibility. Well, the here buck he will stop with me. Yeah. Well, here's here he is taking responsibility yesterday. Okay. During the Obama Biden administration, we put in place tough requirements on banks like Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, including the Dodd Frank law to make sure that the crisis we saw in 2008 would not happen again. Unfortunately, the last administration rolled back some of these requirements. I'm going to ask Congress and the banking regulators to strengthen the rules for banks to make it less likely this kind of bank failure would happen again. Uh-huh. Okay. I, well, I, I believe you because, you know, you're, mm. you're, you're on top of everything. 
quite honestly, and seem to have the right answer. By the way, uh, we had a um, we had a Democratic senator, Mark Warner, um, uh, yesterday say the uh, quiet part out loud that uh, the Ukraine war mm. is just a United States proxy war against Russia. He's right about that. But why? Yeah, and he wants to continue it. Why would we say that? Why would we say that? It's crazy. What is wrong with us? I mean, I, I just don't see how you don't have a, a massive collapse of the dollar because $7 trillion budget. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, we're spending money. You can't, you can't print that much money and not have it affect inflation. The only way to pull that money back into the you know, crematorium that we need, the only way to pull that money back in is through higher interest rates. But we're now at the place I told you we'd come to where you can't raise the rates or it will collapse everything. Well, we're spending the money and we say we're trying to raise their interest rates. Those two work against each other. The Fed can't do anything if the federal government won't. The Fed should, if they were at all uh, responsible and reasonable people, which I don't think they are uh, anymore. Uh, I think they are. I think they are just out of control megalomaniacs that think they can control absolutely everything because of their brains and their powers. Um, but they would just say to the United States, no more spending. No, mm-hmm. we're not going to underwrite any of this stuff. No. I mean, what, that's what a bank, that's what a good bank does. A bank that is just going to enslave you just keeps loaning you money. Ah, no, keep him, keep him. He's he'll, he'll need us and we'll own him eventually. That's, that's what nefarious people do. Good people say, you have a problem, and I can't finance it anymore. I'm not going to do it. We're giving all of, our, all of our weapons over to Ukraine. We're running short on bullets, as we discussed earlier. We, we don't have any rockets that will go into our, um, our howitzers, you know, any shells. Patriot we, missiles are running low. Patriot missiles. We are low on everything. And why wouldn't China just take Taiwan? What are we going to do about it? This would be the time. Right. right. Yeah. Right. This is the time where you're the people who have wanted to collapse you all look and go, they are so weak right now. Take it. Mm-hmm. Take it. The last thing you do is wait until there's a new president because that new president, you know, may not be on the take <laughs> like this one is. By the way. Whatever happened to the, was it the, it wasn't the Mueller report. It was the, uh, what was the other report that was supposed to come out? Remember? Yeah, the Durham report. Whatever happened to that? Why didn't didn't we, Hmm. how many millions did we pay for that? And why did it just uh, end? You know, they had a court battle and then it was just over. We didn't, we didn't see any report. He didn't present the report. Why? 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 We paid for that. I'd like to see the report. Mm-hmm. Why didn't that come out? Didn't fit their agenda? Didn't fit the narrative? I guess. I guess. That's usually the case when we don't 
see high profile reports and documents that uh, we've been highly anticipating and then nothing. That's usually the case. Sorry, it didn't fit the agenda. It's just like the 40,000 hours of, of video from J6. It didn't fit the agenda, so they weren't going to show it to us. I, and I have, I have to tell you, <clears throat> Republicans will be done if they don't actually do something about all of this stuff. You know, they keep oh, coming out and yeah. say, <clears throat> yeah. look at this. Look yeah. at this. Look how guilty. You know, uh, who was the uh, congressman that came out uh, last week and said, Oh, the stuff we now have on Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, it is clear that they were taking money from China and uh, were in bed with the Chinese Communist Party. It's clear. Well, when are you going to present that? What what when are you going to actually do anything about this? Are you waiting until the next election so you can smear him during the next election? Because we may not make it there if we don't stop the insanity. I mean, Kevin McCarthy is, is signaling all the right things to make me believe that yeah. there's a chance. Been down that <laughs> the road. Things, but we have. So you're saying they, there's a chance. Yeah. I mean, they did the same thing to us on Obamacare. On Obama, yep. And then did nothing. It did nothing. They had all the power. They did nothing. Mm-hmm. And if they do it this time... they. They're I mean, dead to me. Dead to me. I mean, they almost are anyway. Yeah, they are dead to me. I, I won't write a check to GOP. Never. Never will I write a check to a GOP. I'll, I'll support local people. Uh, I'll support. I'd write checks to the Freedom Caucus, but I'm mm-hmm. not. I'm not spending a dime on the GOP. That's a problem. It but is. They don't seem to care. They don't seem to mm-hmm. care. They got their big numbers, you know, I guess from big donors and they don't really care about, you know, the average person because they can't hoax us anymore. We're done. All right. Back in just a minute. Let me talk to you a little bit about relief factor. Brian lives in Alabama. Wasn't that long ago that he was on the verge of losing his mobility entirely. Whenever he would try to move around his house, get things done, the pain in his body would flare up. He'd be forced to take a break. The breaks began to get longer and longer and He was starting to worry about his quality of life. Then one day, he heard me talking about Relief Factor, and Brian decided to give it a try. Within three weeks, he said, I felt 90% of my pain melt away. And he says it's still getting better every day that he continues to use Relief Factor. Brian got his life back. I got my life back. Will you just try this? 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. Maybe Brian's experience, my experience, will be yours, your experience, and you can go do the things you want to do again. About 70% of the people who order it go on to order more. ReliefFactor.com. Call 800, the number 4, Relief. 800, the number 4, Relief, or ReliefFactor.com. Relief Factor. Feel the difference. 10 seconds. Station ID. Welcome back to the program. Uh, did you see that Moody's has downgraded their outlook on the American economy? At least the banking system. Uh, they changed it to negative from stable after, of course, the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, Silvergate Bank, and Signature Bank. You didn't 
see that as negative before it happened? <laughs> you know that they, they, they exactly. just came, they did a stress <laughs> test on Silicon Valley Bank. Like two weeks before, passed. Fine. What good are these people? They're not. They're not. They're not. They don't help at all. No. So our banking situation before last Friday was stable. Right. But now on Tuesday, sorry, we got a negative outlook well, on it now. Here, uh, um, banks are collapsing all over the place. Here's our Commerce Secretary. Uh, cut uh, eight, please. Are we out of the woods? I'd say mostly. <laughs> you know, uh, the ports are flowing, congestion's down, you know, that extreme mm-hmm. crisis mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we lived, that's all settled down. Yeah. But, you know, there's still still issues in, in, huh. in certain uh-huh. industries yeah. like where the their suppliers, like yeah. it's still, there's still uh, bottlenecks. Huh. Mm. <laughs> we're, you know, so we're, we're almost out of the woods. Like, I mean, but yeah. there's still bottlenecks. Yeah, I mean, like the, banks are collapsing. <laughs> and, uh, but don't worry about it. I mean, at the edge of the woods is a giant cliff that goes into an <laughs> abyss, a never ending abyss. So we're almost there. Right. We're but almost. Not quite. <laughs> not quite. I haven't got over it not yet. Not quite. She didn't say being out of the woods was a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> and can you imagine? Nobody even talks about the other elephant in the room, and it's a pretty big one. $31.4 trillion in debt. A debt we could never in a million years pay off. There's just no way. We're not, we're not going to pay off a $31 trillion debt. Can I make a, a stupid but... A prediction that i just think is going to happen these guys are going to we're going to get into a war um everybody's sovereign debt's going to be so high they're mm-hmm. just we have to reset everything so they'll reset everybody's debt except the average person's mm-hmm. i could see that yeah. happening you, i mean you'll still have for to sure. pay for your mortgage of course you know you'll still have all your debt but yeah. everybody else's debt will be wiped out because they're too big to fail we need them that's exactly what will happen. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah, I do. I mean, that's just the way it mm-hmm. has been working. And they already have said, we'll own nothing by 2030. The way to do that is enslave you to debt. Yep. Yep. That's exactly what will happen. You know, I like it when Stu's here because he occasionally disagrees with me. <laughs> <laughs> Especially on the dark, dark places I can go. No, I, I'm kind of in those dark kinda, places yeah. right now. You didn't I, used I'd like to not be. to be, yeah. but yeah. I, what is <laughs> lighting up our path right now? <laughs> the Lord. The I Lord. have faith yes. in the Lord. Right. Me Thank too. Thank you. Thank you. Come soon, will you, Lord? Please. <laughs> soon. The Glenn Beck Program. Uh, I was just going to tell Pat, you have to see the Jesus Revolution. We have to talk about that this week. I was just it's saying to Jackie, so we should go to it's that. It's so good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, sometimes the awful effects of a terrible event, you know, keep manifesting long after the event is over. On 9-11, there were 3,000 people almost that lost their lives. But over two decades, uh, people are still dying from 9-11 uh, illnesses. For a whole new generation of young people, they are growing up right now. They know nothing about what happened on that day. Literally nothing. 
This is why the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is giving educators access to nonfiction 9-11 resources for K-12 learning. Full curriculum units built around first-person accounts, scripted social studies, lessons, activities, backgrounds for teachers. These guys are really putting heroes back in their place and teaching history that cannot be forgotten and is being erased. We have to educate future uh, generations. Help Tunnel to Towers do just that. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2T.org. Help us fight against big tech and government censorship. Use the code uh, will not be censored at blazetv.com slash Glenn and save $20. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Last hour we had uh, Carol Roth on, and I was a little surprised, Pat, I don't know about you, when she agreed with me that um, digital currency is coming and it mm. means the end of freedom for mankind. I mean, that's frightening. That's terrifying. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the only thing this in a hundred years from now, Historians are going to look back and see the systematic dismantling and destruction of this country and our rights as citizens, and they will look at it in horror and also in uh, in awe. I mean, it is so well done that uh, and executed. It is it's remarkable, and uh, the one thing that make no Make no mistake, they are coming for your guns. I think it's just going to be the last thing. They need a huge crisis and everything else to go along with it. But they have the ways to do it if you don't strengthen your state. Florida, the legislature there, just moved a step closer to passing constitutional open carry, which I don't know why we didn't call it constitutional carry forever. Um, that just means it's a brilliant, 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 brilliant to, to say it. it's like, uh, no, no, no. I'm just uh, I'm pro choice. It's that brilliant. Yeah. Um, Luis Valdez is uh, with us now. Uh, he is from Gun Owners of America, the Florida state director of Gun Owners of America. Hi, Luis. How are you? Doing very good, and I just want to say, long-time listener, going all the way back to when uh, you even did the pitchfork. Uh, oh, my gosh. Campaign. That was, boy, do we need the pitchforks <laughs> and the torches now, huh? <laughs> yeah, uh, I was part of the group that sent you the uh, pitchfork with the tactical weapons light attached to it. Oh, so my it, gosh. It, it's, going a far, I, it's going way back. <laughs> can I tell you something? I got in so much trouble at CNN because I said, you sent us pitchforks. And so many came into the mail and CNN was out of their mind. You have people sending you pitchforks. Yeah, just, you know, just a reminder to the politicians. You have to stop that right now. It was was a badge of honor to get in trouble there. Um, Anyway, Luis, um, the uh, constitutional open carry, it's the ones who are standing in the way seem to be the Republicans. It's very much that um, Florida has been under a Republican supermajority control now for the last two decades. And mm. 
the horrible part is it's been Republicans that have been blocking pro-gun legislation, solid, real pro-gun legislation for over a decade now. Um, You've had various committee chairs and speakers and Senate presidents just refuse to move forward bills like campus carry, open carry, constitutional carry, um, the repeal of gun-free zones, uh, the passage of Second Amendment Protection Acts. And instead, they, they either just kill it or they give us watered-down bills. And that's currently what's going on here with the Florida legislature right now. The governor pledged that he would enact constitutional carry before he leaves office, whether that means he runs for the White House in 2024 or his second term is up. Yeah. But he made that pledge to Floridians. And the current Senate president, Kathleen Pasademo, has basically said she refuses to move forward on a real constitutional carry bill. She will only allow a permitless concealed carry only bill, which, while a step in the right direction, is a very small step. It's not the large leap we've been promised. What is the difference between constitutional open carry and what she's saying, a permitless open carry? It's not even open carry. Florida, Florida, this bill will only allow you to conceal carry a firearm. And just to put things into perspective, 47 states have open carry on the books in one form or another. Only Florida, New York, and Illinois outright ban it. California is ambiguous. They they let their counties uh, determine whether or not you could open carry. But just just put that into perspective. Forty seven states have open carry legalized on the books. Florida, so, the only Republican state, has it outright banned. So what is her problem? Her problem is very simple. The Florida sheriffs are against it. The Florida Sheriff's Association has historically been anti-gun, going all the way back to 1987 when Florida became shell issue with concealed carry permits. They were against that. All throughout the 2010s, they were against any bill that would either advance campus carry or open carry or oh, permitless weird. carry. Usually the, the sheriffs are our last light of defense for uh, the Constitution. It's, it's odd that they would be against, you know, the Bill of Rights. Well, in Florida, these are Republican sheriffs that are against the Second Amendment rights. Um, the Democrats have no power in Florida. This is all Republicans. See, you know, I tell you, we have this problem in Texas. You know, people just think they're safe. Uh, he got an R after his name, so I'm safe. And in in states where you have super majorities like that, people don't run as Democrats. And you get progressive Republicans who really are Democrats um, or they're just such slimy Republicans. And they get in because they have an R and everybody thinks they're safe. And the the reddest of red areas are the ones in the most danger. Very, very much so. And just to just to really give you a shocker, the bill sponsors for both the House and the Senate, they don't even know what's their own bills. Um, the bill sponsor, Representative uh, Chuck Brannon, this past weekend, um, you had some uh, political activists. They were f- distributing flyers through his neighborhood, and they stopped by his house. And Brandon literally told them, "I don't know what constitutional carry is. Uh, oh, just God. take the just take the win." Uh, he was berating the the person that was handing out the flyers. And look, personally, 
I don't I don't agree with going to politicians' houses and their neighborhoods, but look, there was nothing criminally wrong. There was nothing wrong. They were distributing flyers in a neighborhood. And again, he's the bill sponsor for the House, and he was caught on film literally saying, I don't know, I don't even know constitutional carry. And, oh my gosh. Uh, the, oh my the, gosh. Person that was pa- the person that was passing out said, look, you know, we... We want a real Second Amendment bill. We want open carry. We want this. We want that. And he just said, you know, maybe I'll just pull the bill. How about that? You know, you could always vote for Democrats. And on the Senate side, during debate, a couple of Democrat senators asked Senator Jay Collins um, questions about the bill. And one such question was, okay, well, what about gun-free zones? Uh, Is that still going to be upheld? And he was like, well, yeah, basically. And she says, Oh, so the state capital, that could still be a gun-free zone? And he said, yes, mind you, the state capital under Florida law is not a gun-free zone. Mm. Another question that was asked of him was, well, what about securing firearms in the vehicle? And he's like, well, you know, you have to keep it in a safe in your car. Again, that's not part of state law. Uh, These guys, man, I got to tell you that it it is shameful that people go to work in our state houses and especially in Congress and the Senate, and they literally are clueless about many, many things. Most of them revolve around the Bill of Rights and the Constitution. Um, I, I've uh, only got a couple of minutes left, and I want to ask you about the ATF uh, pistol brace rule. Um, there are 40 million of these firearms, and Anyone who has one is, I think we're probably 60 or 80 days away now from being a felon if you have one. What's what's the latest on that? Do you know? Well, the latest on that is we've teamed up with the uh, with your attorney general, um, Ken Paxton. Paxton, out of Texas to mm-hmm. to file a lawsuit against the overreach from the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives. What the Biden administration doing is arbitrary is capricious and is a direct violation of millions of American civil liberties. This is draconian and despotic in basically bypassing Congress, bypassing um, the Bruin decision, bypassing uh, previous Supreme Court decisions that reinforce and enumerate the Second Amendment as an inalienable right belonging to all the people. And basically, the Biden administration is saying, I don't care. I'm going to try to do what I want to do. And if Congress won't even work with me, fine. I'll do it with the stroke of a pen as if I was a dictator. That's crazy. But, but we're here fighting it, and we will prevail. Okay. Um, last thing. What do you, what, how can people help? If you're in Florida, um, what, what do you need to do to get this thing voted on for the constitutional carry? Well, the best thing that they could do is they could call the governor, they could call the Senate president, and they could call the House Speaker. The bills have already passed committee, so they're going to the House and Senate floor here in Florida, and they need to hammer their legislators, but especially the governor and the Senate president and the House Speaker, that they want a real open care, a real constitutional carry bill that includes open carry. The governor even said he wants open carry included in this bill, and when I asked him about that, he said, absolutely, I'd do it, but I don't think they'll do it, meaning the legislature. He, as, as a Republican governor, governing a state with a supermajority, he thinks his own legislature, under his own party, won't pass a real pro-gun bill. 
Wow. Um, well, call the three of them, House, the Senate leader uh, and uh, and Governor DeSantis. Thank you so much for everything you guys are uh, doing to keep our guns in our hands. Appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me on the air and thank you for being a beacon of freedom in these dark and troubling times, Glenn. You got it. Thanks, man. Um, gunowners.org. Gunowners.org. When you've been in business for over a quarter of a century, it's not surprising if you're really, really good at what you do. I mean, it'd be surprising if you were still in business and you were sucked at it. Um, but Blinds.com has thousands and thousands and thousands of five-star reviews. Um, they were the first to do uh, shade shutters, drapes, and blinds online, and they have learned a lot. They were they did this. I mean. It's a quarter of a century, 25 years ago. They were in the 90s doing this. Can you, I mean, I can't even imagine what it was like when they first started it online. They are so good now. Forget all the multiple trips to the store and the trips of some designer to your house. And this is a 21st century. And uh, blinds.com doesn't have guesswork. There's no hassle. I've used them several times now. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings. 40,000 five-star reviews, 100% satisfaction guarantee. Their anniversary sale is happening right now through March 15th. That's tomorrow, isn't it? Blinds.com, 50% off site-wide, up to 50% off site-wide right now through tomorrow. So do it now. Custom made easy since 1996. It's blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Glenn Beck. <laughs> the Glenn Beck program. A billionaire hedge fund manager, Ken Griffin, has slammed the U.S. government's decision to backstop all the depositors who had money in SVB, the Silicon Valley Bank. He said it was a sign <laughs> that capitalism is breaking down before our eyes. I think that's a really good point. Uh, the U.S. is supposed to be a capitalist economy, and that's breaking down before our eyes, said Griffin, whose net worth is right around $32.6 billion, according to Forbes. He blasted the Biden administration for pledging to make depositors, including those with accounts totaling more than $250,000 federally insured threshold. He's going to make them whole following the meltdowns of uh, Silicon Valley Bank and Signature over the weekend. There's been a, a loss of financial discipline with the government bailing out depositors in full, he said. And that's been true uh, for some time now. Which is why when people take shots at capitalism, uh, you need to remind them, yeah, we haven't really been capitalists for quite a while. We've got some kind of hybrid going on right now with the government and, and capitalism. Uh, he suggested that allowing the banks to fail while backstopping only those accounts that are federally insured would have been a great lesson in moral hazard. Losses to depositors would have been immaterial, and it would have driven home the point that risk management is essential. Yeah, there'd be some pain, but again, it would serve as a deterrent for this to happen again. People need to uh, be more responsible 
with their with their banks, with the banks that they run. He said, we're at full employment. Credit losses have been minimal and bank balance sheets are at their strongest ever. We could address the issue of moral hazard from a position of strength. Now, he stands in contrast to other hedge fund billionaires like Bill Ackman, uh, who's been really vocally demanding that the government protect all depositors. Uh, and he's, Ackman defends the Fed's intervention and claims this was not a bailout. Had the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, the Treasury, and the Federal Reserve not intervened, we would have had a 1930s bank run continuing first thing Monday, causing enormous economic damage and hardship to millions. Our government did the right thing. Um, yeah, we they just won't allow us to feel any short-term pain, which actually might be a really good thing in the long run. But we'll never know because they continue to bail out. They bailed out in, in 2008 and they continue to bail out today. Also, another uh, interesting move by our government. Uh, President Biden will announce that Australia is purchasing several U.S. manufactured nuclear submarines. We just continue uh, to sell or give away more and more and more of our arsenal our military arsenal are we gonna have anything left for us it's interesting because uh (laughs) they have said american officials said that yeah we're not selling them to provoke or try to fight wars oh okay what do you what exactly are you gonna use a nuclear submarine for in australia fishing expeditions underwater tourist tours what mean amazing uh we will have more for you right here on the glenn beck program tomorrow we'll see you then and we'll see you in the morning on pat gray unleashed the glenn beck program